0: Today's Davos, Davos Samach Aleph, we're going to begin about uh, 13, 14 lines from the bottom of Samach Amad Beis. The uh, Gemara brings down Psukim, an incident that is recorded both in Shmuel uh, Beis and in Div Hayomim. And um, there's going to be uh, the... the uh, the consensus amongst all of the Chachamim is that the the way that the story is being recorded should not be taken literally, it's figuratively. But what exactly the understanding of the story is that's going to be subject to some debate. Basically, the Pesach tells us, it's talking about the different Kiborim, the different uh, uh, mighty uh, uh, soldiers that David had uh, in, uh, in uh, that, 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 that supported his cause, that he had, that were on his side. And it brings down a story that David Melech was encamped outside Beis Lechem, and their plishtim were hiding, uh, in the area waiting to attack. And David said, if only I could have from the waters of Beis Lechem, where he grew up as a child, because I have those waters to drink. He was thirsty. And the Puzak says that three of the soldiers, three of his, uh, of, of his mighty warriors broke through the ranks of the, of the Plishtim, made their way into Beis Lechem, and came back and gave him water to drink, and he refused to drink from the water. Because he was upset that they had endangered their lives. He did not mean that they should endanger their lives to go and get him some of that water. So Chazal say, okay, that's not what the story's talking about. What's going on here? So Chazal say is that David Amalek had a halachic shiloh. There was, the plishtim were hidden in the fields that were owned by Jews, and they were hidden in the grain. And David had a halachic as to how to approach, uh, removing the uh, the the ability for the plishtim to hide in the grain. But he was not clear as to how to paskin. And he said, if only I could have the Sanhedrin, who were in the gates of Beis Lechem, if I could have asked them, I wouldn't have this problem. So these three warriors broke through the... Uh, the ranks of the Plishtim made their way into Bezlechem to be able to ask the Sanhedrin the Shiloh, and then they came back with the halacha of what they had told, uh, they had said to do, and we'll see, David Amelech did not want to accept it because he was upset that they had done it, but, but that's what's being referred to. And then the question, there are going to be four or five versions as to, or what exactly was the Shiloh that David Amelech had? So We're going to clarify what the shaila is that David Melech had. The other thing we're going to end up clarifying is that there is a difference in the way the story is recorded in Shmuel Beis and the way that the story is recorded in Shmuel Aleph. I mean, in 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 one of the places it says that the field was had stacks of lentils, and the other place it says that the uh, that the the um, the, that the field had stacks of barley and we want to know why is it that, that it's a discrepancy into what actually were the stacks in the field so we're also going to have to reconcile the differences between the, the, the way the story is recorded in both places and also why it's necessary even to have two different rec- records of it let's see inside Bah David and David had a desire. Ba Yomer and he said, Miyesha Kadi Mayimi Borba's Lechem. If only who can give me water to drink from the wells of Baslechem? Asher Bashar that are within the gates, Bayabakus, Sagi Boirim, Bamachan Plishtim. And three of his mighty warriors broke through the encampment of the Plishdin, Vahishavi Borba's Lechem, and they drew the water from the wells of Beis lechem, Asher Bashar within the gates. My come Boy, what exactly was David requesting? It can't be he was asking for water and they would have put their lives on the line to go bring him some water. That can't be the storyline. It can't be what's going on. So Rub Tamun Ba'esh, he was asking the Shiloh of Tamun Ba'esh. David Amelech burnt. He burnt the fields. To expose the plishtim that were hidden there, and unbeknownst to him, there were kalim that were amongst hidden amongst the stacks of grain that he also burnt. And he wanted to know, is he liable to pay? for the fields these were owned by Jews as I mentioned before and he wanted to know if he was Chayef to pay for the Kalim that were hidden there. So basically he was asking them is the Halacha like the li Chachamim who said that you're for Toman the or is the Halacha like Reb Yehuda that says that you're Chayef do he and oh hakama like we had yesterday. Iker of Yehuda, Iker of Bon, Naposhtele, Mai de And they, and whatever they, however they Pasken, they Pasken for him, that was the the quote. Either the haloch is like of Yehuda, and then you're a potter, or the halach, uh, and, then, and then you'll be Hayev, or your haloch is like, and you're a potter. Ravuna Amar, he says a different shayla over here. Gedishim de Saorim de Yisrael Havu. That this property had in it, It was under, it was under control of both parties. The Bnei Israel had control over the first half of the field, and the Plishtim were in control of the second half of the field. On the first half of the field, there were piles of grain, there were barley, that was under, that was owned by Jews. Uh, right, the Havel metamri plished in Bahu, and in that half of it that was owned by Jews, the Plishtim had snuck in and were hiding amongst the grain, amongst the uh barley of of, of the Jewish owned land. And and the kamei Did I did I I, I skipped one right? No, I, I, I jumped a gun. The second shot is, it is only... We're not talking about uh, that the, the, the Plishtim had the different p- stacks. It's only all the stacks on the land were Jewish-owned stacks. I jumped, I jumped right. one this way. They were all owned by Jew Jewish-owned stacks. And David was asking an interesting Shailah halacha. Even though I don't own the stacks, but... It would be beneficial to my soldiers and myself. We would be saving ourselves from life-threatening situations if I just burn the whole place down. You know, so am I allowed to burn it down? Am I allowed to save myself with using property, money, destroying property and money that belongs to someone else? Now we're going to see this two mahalchim and the rishonim that has significant halachic ramifications. So let's just read the words first, then I'll tell you about shatim. So he says like this that so as a Herod Amos expedition the Soren the Israel Havu they were owned by Jews and the Phishdim were hiding amongst these stacks the coming lay and David Shailah was maula hatil atma memmen khaveiro can i save myself using my friends brought my, my destroying my friends property so shal khule osur la hatil atma memmen khaveiro they said it is prohibited but you're king. Who melech derech. The king's allowed to forge, break through other people's properties if he needs it for the war effort. That today we call that the right of eminent domain. That you're allowed to break through and use whatever you need for the war effort, and no one's allowed to stop you. and no one can stop you now. The simple reading of this Gemara, which some Rishonim do understand it this way, is the Shiloh over here is, am I allowed to do it, or am I not allowed to do it? The answer is, you're not allowed to do it, but since you're a king, you are allowed to do it. So, But other Rishonim have a big problem with this. Tozer says, what are you talking about? I'm allowed to... So I mean, I'm allowed to do a serious avayras for Pekuach Nefesh to go ahead and, and destroy my friend's property. So Tozer says the Shiloh is that I'm allowed to do it, but do I have to pay him for it? So Taizus says that's the child. If you take a look at Taizus, he says, Taizus says, a whole different child. It's not the child i are allowed to do. Of course, you're allowed to do it. But do I have to pay for it? Since I had a heter to do it, am I allowed to? It's a, do I have to pay for it or not? So that's a whole different child. But it's interesting to note that there are showing him that take the Gemara at face value. That even if you say, that still does not allow me, without permission, to destroy your property. That's an interesting. Uh, the, that, 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 that's not how Tosus learns this. What? Even the uh, government? Right. No, the answer was, no, no, the answer was, because it's he, he's the king, he doesn't, then according to that, the answer is that even because he's a king, he's not ossard to you as king, but to a regular individual would be ossard. This should affect the first shot too. Tommen,
1: who cares? He's a king, he can do whatever he wants. No, this not has nothing to
0: do with Tommen. No, but he's saying, is he chayef to pay like Riyuda or this one? I mean, no, know. but he was asking Shhtamizah, like, what's the halacha? Is halacha the chayef of Tommen or no, not? No, that was a separate, that was a shayla. This is asking, like, anyway. Now the eat, uh, now, Rab- uh, uh, Where's the place? Rabban of Itaim Bar Mari Amru, third interpretation. The, the one I said before. Gedishim de Havu, that the stacks of barley belonged to Jews, but Gedishim Havu. And there were stacks there of lentils that belonged to the Plishtim. Now, what they wanted to know was the Pilshin were hidden in the uh, in the Plishti stacks. They were not hidden in the, in the in the in the in the lentil stacks. And the and and the the first part of the field, which was the barley stack, was owned by Jews. Now, what David Hamelech needed, David Hamelech wanted to know, was he allowed to use? The property, the, yeah, it doesn't say over here for necessarily for burning, but the question was over here for like, feeding his animals. They need to feed for, for the... He want to know, could I feed my animals the barley on condition that once we uh, route the plishtim, I will pay the owners of the first half of the field that belonged to Jews, that we use their property... I will pay them back with the spoils, which what we take back from the Plishtin, the stacks of the lentils. Now it means without permission, because the owners weren't here to ask. So am I allowed to really borrow from, take from them? But for sh- my, I have intent that I'm going to pay them back with the spoils of the barley stacks. That belongs to the Plishnim that we're going to conquer. The Kamibolhu, Mao Little Gadish and Shel Sa'orin the Behemto, in order to feed the animals of David's soldiers and the David's army. Almanas Lishalam Kadishin shall adjust the Plishtim in order to fill uh, to, to, uh, to 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 uh, pay back with the uh, lentil stacks that belong to the plishtim. So Shal they sent back to Dovramelach a posuk that many years later was recorded by the Novi Yecheskel. But the, 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 so obviously they never sent back the posuk, but the gist, the, 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 concept of what the posuk is saying was the response that they sent back. What was the posuk that was cited in, Ye, in Yecheskel? It says, Chavol Yoshiv Rosha That the Roshah, even when he returns the pledge, Gzehle Yecheskel, he's paying for theft, uh, he's paying for theft, which means, they're talking about the situation where someone took without permission and even when he pays back, what is the Apostle still referring to him as a? Russia? Russia. Still called a Russia. Avopi shekzei lamesham. Even if he's paying for his step, Russia who he still called a Russia, which basically is telling us that you cannot borrow without permission. You don't have a right to do it. But aval Ato melech But since you are the king, and the king's allowed to break through and create his own path, even through private property, no one can protest. So therefore, you would be allowed to 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 to, to, to do it, to borrow it, and pay back later, and you don't have a problem. So Mara says like this. So. So the third interpretation that he wanted to know, can I switch out the stacks of lentils for the stacks of... Barley That's why you have two versions One pasuk says that There was a parcel of land That had in it stacks of lentils And you have the other pasuk Which is in That it was filled with Barley So we have the two pasukim are not contradictions Because actually the situation involved Two different types of stacks, so there's no contradiction between what's recorded in one, puzzle, in one, and say, for what's in the other, because actually both are true. But according to the opinion that the Shiloh over here was that he wanted to know can I burn it to uh, to save our soldiers, even though it belongs, property that belongs to. Uh, to to to, uh, to somebody else. My my What is the necess- What's the necessity that you have to ask the sh- that, that, that 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 the story is being recorded with the two different versions of barley and, 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 and lentils? How does that fit into the storyline uh, according to that? That's the second interpretation. For sure, according to the first interpretation. So Amar Lach. So he says. Uh, so if so though the ones who gave the early interpretation will tell you, Tavanim addition to Adoshim to Yisrael have a blishtim is that that it happens to be the field contained the blishtim were hiding in both types of stacks, in both uh, lentil stacks and in barley stacks. And Shiloh was. Can I burn down either one of them? So bishlam amar According to the second interpretation, that said David Shiloh was—is he allowed to burn down somebody else's property for a pikuach nefesh situation? So So that's what it says that the pasuk says. The pasuk says that David at the end what did he do? He put a halt. He took a position in the field and he saved the field. Meaning that basically he poskened at what? Even though it might cause life-threatening situation, he protected the field from being burnt down. Okay, we have to fit it into the two pshatim as well how that works. But according to the pshat the Dovid HaMelech Shiloh was can I switch out the barley uh, or the the the, 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 the barley for the lentils, so then what does it mean, my that he saved the field? What do you mean he saved the field? If it's going to burn it, I understand he saved it. But what does it mean that he wasn't going to burn it? So what do it mean he saved the field? No, he did save it, because he saved it from being consumed and not allowed it to be consumed in order to switch out. That's what it means according to the third shot. That means he saved the field. Alright, now, Bishlo Mahani Tarti, Dahaina Tre Kroi. So therefore, it says the okay, we've explained according to the second interpretation and the third interpretation why you have the two psukim. But if the Shaila was just the basic Shaila according to the first interpretation, the only thing he really was interested in asking was the Shaila of Toman be'esh, are you chai for something here or not? So then, of toman be'esh, kame that you're asking, uh, uh, about toman be'esh, so therefore, my eboile, kroi. So then, what is over here the necessity of these psukim? It's a basic shiloh, it's toman be'esh. I mean, the, the, the Rashi's here in the gear, so it wasn't even know why you need both psukim. The shiloh is all together. What do we need to know? Whether it was barley, whether it was, uh, that's, not this, that, that, that's not, that's not, nothing to do with the storyline. So So he says there was two shailas. According to the first version, there were two shailas that were being sent. One was, Am I higher for Tomun Be'esh? And the second Shailah was either the second or the third version. Means that the second Shailah was either was can I save myself with the stacks or am I allowed to switch out one of the everyone you want. So either therefore Amrok, Tomun Bhachada Mahana Kami boyle. So the second question that was asked according to the first version was one of the other two, if they number two or number three. So therefore, I understand. According to the second version, according to so the third, the third version, that David refused to drink the waters. What it means is, said, since there is a violation here, that there was a you guys did something wrong. What did you do wrong? You 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 put your lives at stake to go in, and, and therefore. I am not going to allow on the the leniency that came out of your Shiloh. What was the leniency that came out from your Shiloh? He's because he's a Melech, he's allowed. he's allowed to be lenient. So I'm not going to rely on that leniency. I'm going to go to khumrah that for everybody it's Asur then I'm going to take an Osir as well because I don't want to benefit from something that was gained through doing an Isir, which was your act of going and getting the Shiloh, getting pa, the Shiloh, I can say it was an Isir, I don't allow you to go ahead and do it. But the reality is, he, wasn't, he gained, the, yeah, the answer is what he gained, but the idea that the Melech allowed to do it wasn't something he gained out of their Isir. He didn't know that, otherwise he wouldn't have the Shiloh. Alright, so why is it like this? So therefore, so therefore, I'm, i I, I, do not want to benefit. I don't appreciate the fact that you did an isser for this. And that's why I refuse to take the benefits of drinking the water. I'm not going to do it because I'm a melech. I'm going to impose on myself lechumrah that I'm not going to benefit. But, but according to the opinion, they just asked the psak. Tom and Be'esh, Mutter or Oster, right? I Potter, right? That's a basic Shila. Do we pass in the Rabbi Yehuda? Do we pass in like, uh, like the Chachomim? There's no additional benefit we're given to him one way or the other. So therefore, that's, the psak is what it is. So what it means, I don't want to drink the waters. It's either Yuchayav or Yupotter. It. It's not what I don't want to drink the waters here. So Mechdi. Gemarahu, that's that's a tradition. That means that's a tradition, what the halacha is. The Shalcholei they said to him, the halacha is the tradition is the way we pass. And is this way? So my law of What do you mean David refused to drink those waters? What does that mean? So Gemara says an interesting thing over here, and again it's debated amongst the Meforshim what it means. But Gemara says generally, if you find out a halacha, something is taught to you. Through another person, there is a din that uh, that you're supposed to say over what you learned in the name of the person that brought it to you. So, technically, what he should have done from now on moving forward, if they gave him the psaq of Tom and Ba'esh, what they should have said was that the din is that Tom and Ba'esh, either Chai Potter, in the name of those three Giborim, that uh, went and brought him that information. However, he refused to say the halacha over. I mean, the halacha is what it is, but he refused to say it over in their name. Right? That's what it means over here. So, lo avad David lishtoysam, lo mishmayu that we don't say this any. In, in, from the masorah, we don't pass it down in the names of the ones that brought him the psa. He says, I have a tradition from the basin of Shmuel, HaShmuel Aramosi, that I that don't want to put himself in a pikuach nefer situation, even for divrei torah. This again, the to deal with it, because there's a lot of chazals that seem to be connected, this concept. But ain't omrim dvar halochah mishmo. We don't say the halochah over in that person's name. And yeah. mm-hmm. The Sanhedrin were, that yeah. were, were, were set, situated there. They weren't... Yeah. They were just giving the, the gibbarim are the ones that it Yeah, and he, was, and he didn't no, say it over God. the name. He, he didn't say it over the, the name. No, cause S- the Sanhedrin just telling you what the mesora is, but you, that way you learned it from. What he learned it from was from the gibbarim. Uh, you would have to say it over so from the it. What's that? He should have said it over the name of the Giborum. That's what so he should have said. No, What? Okay, but that doesn't matter. Your rebbe that teaches you something that he learned from his rebbe, he's also just a messenger, right? So, therefore, the point is that therefore he didn't say it over in the name of the, the, the Geborim that he felt had done something wrong. Okay. It says it more like this. By the the, 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 the parsha there concludes with the following words. Posuk says there that Vayasech Osam Lashem, again, figuratively talking about the water, that he poured them as libations. Lashem. he did something. He did lashem shemaim. Something he did lashem shemaim. He poured the waters lashem. So now, what does that what does that mean within the the the, 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 the figurative interpretation of the three shailas that we had? So says bishlam So according to the second and third interpretation, that technically he had a right to benefit. Either by burning the grain or by switching out the grain, what he did, that he poured libations, Lashem Shamayim, he, he was machmir on himself, and he did not benefit from the wheat. So it means he gave the wheat or the grain. He not benefit from the grain, Lashem Shamayim. I understand what that means. That means that he, did, he didn't benefit because of the, uh, uh, his self imposed chasidus uh, uh, that he had on himself. But according to the first interpretation where it was basically And the only thing that he refused to do was say something in the name of those Those, those three warriors that did something wrong in his opinion and brought them to him So what does it mean? And he poured the waters L'Shem Shemayim What does that mean? So Ella My osam says the that that he that he skipped them. He made it that he said it over in the name of the tradition. I Meaning he made it like this is a communal halacha that I'm giving it over in the name of the community as opposed to in the name of specific individuals. That's what he means. He made it like Lashem made it that it's now said over in the community in the name of the tradition as opposed to in in the name of any specific individual. Okay. Let's go back to in the Gemara. Says the Gemara like this. Now, as says the Mishnah, we're dealing with going back to the um, concept of 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 making a fire in your domain that now spreads to somebody else's domain, and you're liable, you're chayev for the negligence involved. So, what this Gemara wants to know is there a distance? <coughs> <clears throat> a setback that you can make fire that will therefore relieve you from the negligence and not hold you responsible for making this fire. Now, this Mishnah is very much connected to the next Mishnah. So, we're going to see that it might not be that everybody agrees with the Tana of this particular Mishnah. So, let's see it inside. So, it says as follows. person made a fire. Avra Amos, And this fire... Went over a fence, a barrier. that was non-flammable. So let's say it's made out of wood. Because if it's a it's a flammable barrier, then obviously not a barrier. But it went over a barrier that was non-flammable. That was at least four amas high, right? Now the Rifa'ishim are showing speak up that it's talking about that it was four amas above the the pyre. It was four amas above the wood stack that you had lit. So it's not just four Amos from the ground. In order for it to be considered to be a valid barrier, it needs to be four Amos higher than, than the actual fire that you lit. So therefore, Oh, <laughs> Or it actually wasn't that there was a barrier necessarily, but there was a Roshul Rabin we're going to see, which is 16 Amos wide. The fire traversed the 16 Amos distance, right? Like a highway. Oh Nahar, or there was a river and a cross from one side of the river over to the other side of the river. In all these cases, say the Tana of this Mishnah, potter, because the setback that was there, that was, uh, was, that was built in, was, necess- was, 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 was enough to remove negligence and your potter. It says more like this. The Chorah, we have a bride that contradicts our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says that a fence, a, 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 a stone uh, partition Four Amas high is sufficient. Ay, Ba'atani, Walendan, Abraisa. Avra, Gadar, Shugavo, Arba Amas. It went over a fence that his four Amas high. You're Chayiv. You're still Chayiv. So, Lechora. How do you reconcile the Mishnah and the Abraisa? So, Amrah Papa, he says that it's not a contradiction. It just the question is, are you counting up or are you counting down? Meaning, like this. Tanadi, Don, Kachoshev, Milamalo, Lamata. Our Tan is counting from higher than four armors going down. So, basically, our time is basically saying, if you made it sheish amas, you were six armors higher potter. Chamesh amas, you made it five amas down, Your potter. Add until you hit four armors, up to four armors, you're going to be potter talking from up going down. So, but that's our tan, and that's why our Tana says, up to four amos, you're potter if you're going from higher or lower. What is the tan of the so hold? Tan of the Tana of the braissa holds, uh, that counting from the bottom up. Shtay amos, you're Sholash amos, you Ad arba amos, until you hit four amos, you're still going to be Chayev. Um, four, above four, Yutaka will be Potter. So the question is just from which direction are you coming? Well, who doesn't say that? No, if, if you look at the price, it says, Okay, we're trying to explain right. it. Yeah. All yeah. Right. Like so Mara says like this. So therefore, therefore uh, if it's actually four, at, at exactly four Amas, you will be Potter, but the time of the price is going odd, but low odd, but And uh, so that, that's, that's the difference. Alright. rovo. Now, now comes a big machlokus over here. Rovah as follows. He says... Uh, no, well, well, we'll get to it. Amar Arba Amos Sha'amru, The four Amos that we're talking about in our Mishnah, that is potter, the potter that you're potter for a, a fire that traverses a fence, a, a stone fence. A four Amos. A field of his dead coats him. Even on the, if on the other side, the person has a field of thorns. Which are highly combustible. It still, you will be exempt with a four amma high fence, even if the item on the other side is highly combustible. On that, Amara he says, however, misfas kotzim vilamala arba amos. In that case, the four amas have to be from above the highest bush of thorns. Meaning, we said before that in the Mishnah, when you have to be four amas, it'd be four amas above the fire. But if there's something highly combustible on the other side, the four amas is not enough just to make it four amas higher than the fire on your side. The four amas have to be four amas above the thorns, the edge of the thorns on the other side. That's what your Pope says. Then ta'ke even though it's highly combustible on the other side, but you're considered to have been done something that will protect you. Now, this is where the Machloikis comes in. Amarav, lo kolachas, is our Mishnah that there is a leniency, he's talking about a fire, there's two types of fire, there's a fire where the fire goes up vertically, and there's a fire where the fire travels horizontally, moves, to, moves sideways. He says that our Mishnah, that you have the exemption of even having the wall, or even having the distance, he's talking about a fire that goes straight up. So if you have a fire that is going straight up and you've allowed yourself the setback, that is sufficient. But if the fire is traveling, both I guess due to the uh, elements and the fact there's combustible items Along along the way, so you see that the fire is traveling horizontally and not vertically, then the setbacks of the Mishnah will not be sufficient. And in such a case, you would be Chayev. That's the opinion of Rab. So, lo shona ela be'esh kolachas, where it is a vertical flame. Aval be'esh ne'chvefes. But if it is, it literally means a rolling flame, a vertical, it's going horizontally, it's not going up, but it's going sideways. Afilu ad me'a amo. Chayev. Even if the setback would be a hundred Amis, it will not be sufficient if it's moving sideways. Shmuel Amar, Shmuel disagrees. Says Mat in our Mishnah, is talking about Eish Benich that we're talking about a horizontal, a sideways moving flame. And that is sufficient setback even for such a flame. But if it's a vertical flame, if it's just going straight up, even with a fence that is called Shahu, the smallest amount of fence is sufficient as a setback if the flame is going vertically. I was a big, big machlokas in the understanding. Initially, it would be potter. So even though they argue, but there's a b'risa supporting Ram. What does the b'risa say? The b'raises, under what circumstances do we say that you are putter if it went 16 amas across the Rishasarabim if the fire is one that is going up? But if it was a nevchvefes, if it was a uh, horizontal moving flame, it was moving to the side, and eight in Mitsuyan law, and there's combustible items that is feeding the fire along the way to allow it to move sideways, afilu ad mea mil. Even a hundred mil, a hundred mil is a tremendous amount of a two thousand amas in one mil. So, therefore, even under me a mil, in such a case, chayiv, you will be chayiv. Now, even so, avra nahar, if a fire has been able to traverse a river, oh shalulis, we'll see what a shalulis is later on in the Gemara, then as long as these items are four, these, uh, uh, uh distance, they four amas wide potter, you will be potter. Because that's considered to be an onus. For a fire to be able to travel, a body of water, Eight amas, that would be something that you would be potter for. But anyway, the first part of the Baraisa is clearly in support of Rav, because the basic says that the setback is only effective if you have a vertical fire. But for a horizontal fire, no setback is effective. It does add information that as long as there's combustible items that allows it to travel... Uh-huh. It's a of fire, means it's going this way. Why is So that's already, if you look, that that's not clear in the in the right. Shema over here. So, some say they're only arguing about the case of the distance and not the case where there's a fence. It's not clear from the Gemara that way, yeah. but from Rashi it seems to say it and also this Bryce is talking about too, but I hear it's a good Sometimes Nakuda. It it's called? a good Nakuda. says more like this. Derecha Harabim. So, we said in our Mishnah that if it went Derek Harabim Potter. So, who holds that this idea what is Derek Harabim? So, Ma'antana, who is the author of our Mishnah? Samaravitz, so Rabbi Yezer, he does not. Rabbi learned in a Mishnah coming up on the Ahmed base that the setback. For a uh, fire has to be at least 16 Amars into your own Rishus, which is a, the Derech HaRabim. So you see he's the one who holds the Derech HaRabim is 16 Amars. This is going like Rabbi Eliezer. So that's the town of our Mishnah is as well. Let's go Vaitim. Oh Nahar. So we said in the Mishnah, or it traveled a Nahar, you would be potter, right? So Rav Amar, Nahar Ma'Mish. Not nah, actually has to be a river. Shmuel Amar, no. Nah could be any anything. It could even be Arisa de Daloy. Arisa de Daloy is an irrigation ditch. Even an irrigation ditch is sufficient as a setback. So says the Amanda Amar, Nahar Mamish, Rav that learned Shatna Mishnah when it says Nahar means an actual Nahar Avogav de You don't have to have it rushing with water. As long as it was a river, the distance plus the, the the moisture in the soil and the fact that it's a cool down place, you don't have to have water in it. That is sufficient as a, as a setback. If Yutaka learned that Nahar means Nahar Mamish according to Shmuel that he says arisa de loi, that we're talking about an irrigation ditch, well an irrigation ditch to be considered to be a, a setback that you're going to be potter. It's dafka talking about what? It is bemay, it has to have water in it. In then you're potter. is bemay, but you don't have water in it, you would not be potter. Okay. Says the more like this. Uh not We learned in the Meseches Peya. Meseches we have the Halachas of peya, that If you own a field, you have to leave a corner of the field for the aneyim. Now, if it is two fields, and you have to leave two corners, each has... So there's certain... Does the, the Mishnah there. We bring it in, because it's similar in some ways to ours, that there's certain items that are considered a separation, certain types of... The, in the top, topography of the field, that makes it a separation. In some cases, where we view this as two fields, and therefore, you would require two corners, and In some places it's not considered to be a separation, and therefore you still only require one corner for that field. That's the the, the connection to how, do we consider it a step set back or a separation or not. So now, we'll let me say this paya. So it says like this These are the following uh, natural phenomena that consider it to be two fields and not one field and require then a payoff from each side. Hanachal, a ravine. Hanachal is like a, a large uh, ditch in, in, in the ground. Shlulis is, we'll see what a shlulis is, right? We just had that before. Vederach hayoched, a private uh, a path, which is four Amis. And Kol Sheken, Vederach And for sure, deracharabim, harabim, which is 16 They Actually, Shalami asked the question, if you had four, why do you have to say 16? Not for now. My shlulis. What exactly is the shlulis? That divides the field into two fields and makes it, i twice. So, Amrav Yehuda, Amra Shmuel, Mokham Shemega Shamim, Shololin. It's a place where rainwater gathers. When it rains, the ditch, it's a, a ditch that water will gather, rainwater will gather there. That is a shlulis, it's enough to make peah, that you have to take peah from both sides. According, that's according to, uh, Shmuel. Rabbi Bibi he says, that's Amar of Yehochenai, he says, no, what Shlulish means, is Amasamayim, Shemekaleches, Shalolagapeah. It's actually this, it's an irrigation ditch, and it's called a Shlulish, Shlal means spoils, or bounty. Because since it is full of water, the areas on the banks of it are very fertile, and things grow. So it, it gathers, its spoils, it's bounty, it's loot on the banks that are on the opposite sides of this irrigation ditch. But that's what a shlulis is. Simona so wants to know that each one says it's something else. Shmuel says it's a place where naturally rainwater gathers, and according to Yohanan, it is an, a, a man-made irrigation ditch. So, Amar, the opinion that says, Makam Shamega Shamim Sholin Sham, that the a natural a, a, a recess in the ground that allows for rainwater to gather is enough to view this as two separate fields. So, therefore, Kosha Ama for sure, if it's a man-made uh, uh, structure that is for, for for water to be, for irrigation. So that for sure is considered to be separation for payah. Umand amar, in the opinion that says amasamayim, no, what a shlulish is, is an amasamayim. So then, aval makam sholin sham, lo but something that's just a natural indentation in the ground. It wasn't made specifically to make, with intent to create this hole. That would not be enough to view this as, as yes. Two separate fields. It'll be viewed as still as one field and only of racha, one, uh, one corner of the field begin for or Why? Da'anahu, because that natural resource, according to Rab Yochanan, is, uh, ba'agne It's called like, uh, like a bowl of the land. Like it's, it's a land that has its natural bowls. It's got bowls in it that, that hold its water for it. But it's considered all one field with this natural recess and It's not viewed as a separation of dividing it into two separate fields. So that Rabbioka, that's why he says that to be some Dafka man made an irrigation ditch. That can you say? That's two, but not necessarily a natural recess that holds the, uh, the water in it. You had a question? No, I, I was wondering how we would determine man made. I mean, I went into the words. How would you know what they referred to this channel of water was a man made one? You see who made it. Was it made by man? Yes. Yeah, I, I just... Was there, I didn't... In the oh. reading I didn't see the, right. the, the right. that tells No, me. no. Irriga- an uh, irrigation canal is something that oh, man okay. makes. That's what it is. Okay. All right. Shedemura Vaita. Zav Mishnah. Now, this connects back to the earlier Mishnah. So, we're talking about over here, the first Mishnah just said, what's the distance between where the fire traveled to where the damage is? Here, the one wants to know, Lechatchila. If I want to make a fire... In my own domain, what's my setback within my field that I should be doing that I consider that it's contained? So he says, somebody's lighting a fire within his own, uh, in his own field. How much does the fire have to traverse in order that I should be high? Which means basically, it means how much far do I have to set back that I should be potter? So, Rabelazah ben Azariah Omer, Ro'en Osa, keilu be'emtze Beis Kur. We look at like you're in the center of a Beis Kur. A Beis Kur is 274 Amis times 274 Amis. 274 Amis squared. So, therefore, the center of it would be 137. So, if you have 137 Amis in all directions to your perimeter, you have contained that fire, but you need to have 137 armors in all directions in order that you should not be held liable for damage that occurs outside of your property. Is that assuming that there's no fire breaks anywhere? It's just you could have a wide open field of... uh, barley the whole way, because I mean, it can burn from the middle to the next gets proper. Well, again, again, we had the fachlokas before, are we talking about when the fire, so if you're going to go the way Rashi does learn it, this is talking about when the fire is a vertical uh, a, a, a vertical burning fire. Because if it's a horizontal burning fire, we said there could even be 2,000 mil and you're going to be higher. So we're talking about over here that it is a, a vertical burning fire. Now, so therefore, that's according to, uh, uh, the basically, that's the opinion of Rabbi Lozbi Nazaria. Rabbi Liezer Omer, Tezain Amas, which is the opinion that Murad brought down before. Sixteen Amas is enough of a setback for the, for, for the fire. Which is the width of a Rosh of a, of a public, uh, path. Rabbi Akiva Omer, you need to have a setback of 50 Amas. Rab Shimonomer, Omer, the Pazuk says, Shalom, Yeshalom, Amav, The one who lit the fire has to pay, Hakola, Fiyad, all according to the fire. Now, according to this, the, the Gemara the initially understands what he means is basically saying is there's no such thing as setback. If you make a fire, you're going to be high. That's the way the Gemara initially understands what he's trying to say. Pazuk says, the one who made the fire has to pay, no matter who, uh, what the setback is. Sigmora says what Velaz later of Shiman Shura Vidleko what of Shiman all when it comes to fire there's no such thing as a protective setback he doesn't agree with that concept Ivatnan we learned the Mishnah Baba Bastra so right there's actually a, a two ways of understanding it one way is understanding it, it's natural it's, it's building codes if you want to make a flame in your house so what you can't just make a fire. What about everybody else who lives around? So you have to have, your stove has to have a certain amount of area above to the ceiling. And the bottom has to be, if you're on the second floor, let's say, there has to be a certain thickness between you and the person below. Indoors? That's, indoors. You're making a, you're making a, a, a stove, right? A sto- so that's, uh, therefore, sometimes a natural... Uh, code, it's a zoning issue that everybody has a right to demand of the other person. Right? Uh, others learn it's just so much between you and the guy above, above you. So therefore, it follows. So, uh, it says, <laughs> You're not allowed to put up a, uh, a, a, a stone, a stove uh, in your house. Unless there is between the, the, the top of the oven and the ceiling uh, four amos. And if you're now on the second floor, and you want to uh, light the oven, so then you have to have, have the plaster of the ceiling below you has to be at least and has to be three t'vachim thick before you can, because like, the heat will travel downwards as well, it has to be at least three t'vachim thick. So four amas high, three t'vachim down. Now, Kira is a smaller stove. One's an oven, the other one's a stove. It's like a more of a smaller one. So then, you only need the ceiling below to be a tefach thick. Now, continues. What? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, it's below, but it's the ceiling from the guy above you. Right. Now, in Hizik, Meshah lemashe Hizik, but the Chachamim say, even if you did, the natural precautions, you took care of whatever was required, and, it still damaged, the Tanakama says you're still responsible, you chive. Comes <laughs> along, Rab what are you talking about? Lo, Nem, Rashi, the whole purpose of these setbacks, of these precautions is why, is as a, Hizik, Misham, you don't have to pay. So you see that, he holds it by fire if you take the necessary precautions, you're Potter. So how could he be saying in our Mishnah that you're always gonna Shalom, Yisham, you're always gonna be chive? What does it mean? So says, You misunderstood what Rav Shimon was saying in Mishnah. What he's saying is like this. You cannot make standard setbacks because it all depends on the, high, uh, the, the intensity and the height of the fire that you're making. So therefore, you have to assess each situation individually to determine was there a necessary setback. But you can't give a standard shear because there is no standard shear. It all depends on the height of the fire. That's all he was saying. Achol Afiyad Leika means yeah, there is a possibility to be potter, but it all depends on the type of fire you're making. That's all Rab was is coming to say. Vaiter. Am um, Rab Nachman, Am um, Rab Uh I'm sorry. Am um, Rab Yosef. Am um, Rab Yehuda, Am um, Shmuel. Halacha K'Rab Shimon. That's the halacha. Means each individual situation has to be assessed separately. V'achen Am Nachman, Am Shmuel, Shemuel, Halacha K'Rab Shemuel. Zohach Dele Vaiter. Hamadlik is a gadish. A person lit a stack of grain, whether it's wheat, whether it's barley, and contained within the stack there was vessels, and it burnt up the vessels inside. The Chachamim say you view the cavity. As if it was filled with grain and you pay for grain. But you don't have to pay for the item that was within the cavity. Right? Everyone understands what they're saying you're doing. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like a. Uh, me- but, uh, mean again. Not a complete Meaning, you're, you're only potter from the kalim, yes. but you have to pay it as if there was grain, yes. or the whole thing was made out of grain. Now, a very important nakuda over here. Rashi points out, based on the Gemara coming later, this is all talking about where you lit the fire in your own domain, and it spread to your neighbor's stack. But if you go over to your neighbor's rishus, and even if you don't light, directly light the stack, you light the stack, then you're automamazic. But if you lit... You lit the, uh, right. We, that's not the case it's referring to. We're going to have to see what the halachas over there are. What we're only talking about over here yeah, is where you lit it in your own domain and it spread to your neighbors. So let's keep that in mind. Now, that's why I'm here. No, so the say like this. Say so, uh, uh, <coughs> uh, where is this? So the says like this. All right. Now, um, the, 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 the Mishnah goes on a tangent, which we had. If there was tied to the stack a goat, the evet samuchlo, and there was an evet standing nearby but not untethered, not 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 tied at all, the imo, and even though with the stack burnt both the Gedi and the evet, but the evet could have run away. For some reason, he ran in the wrong direction. Right, chayev. You're going to be chayev on what? For the stack and for the goat, not for the evid. That the fact you're not chayev for the evad is why we don't say kamleb the over here, because it's not a case of killing a person. And evad cannot chayev also means if you kill him. So therefore, since the evad wasn't tied, you're not responsible. So you're only financially responsible for the Gidi and for the uh, for the stack. So you pay over here. What? is an accident anyways. But even by accident, still. If there, oh, if it was something that w- could have been. That's a, the Cheskyos, right. Now, Eved was low. However, if the Eved could not get away, the Evid was tied. Now, the Gedi is and the Gedi is standing nearby. And this is also a question that is shown what, Does it make a difference if the G'dee's tied or the G'di not tied? Right? Well, that's a question. Now, the Nisraf and in this case, both the Gedi and the Evid were burnt up. Potter, you're going to be Potter on the stack. We're going to be part it even on the stack. Why? Because since the evet was tied and could not get away, so then, it's murder. Right? That's, 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 um, uh, or, and, and you apply the Darab mina, and therefore you will not be Chayv on the financial part of it. It's, it's still an accident. It's not murder. Again, the Chiz Gerzadin is wherever there, you did an act right. where there possibly could have been a Chayv means attached to it so then you don't, you don't you're not Chayv Mominist. Now, Moedim Chachamim LeRiv Yehuda. The Chachamim will agree with Rabbi Yehuda, but where you light the house, you light a person as a big house. Anything which is normally found in the house, you're going to be chav. There's no pture of in such a case. You'll be Because people leave all types of items in a house, you're going to be chav on everything. Now this case, as Rashi points out from the Gemara, he's talking about where you went over to the house... And you, or the other person's property, either you lit the house or you lit the, you made a fire within his property in terms of trespassing, then you're high for everything that is burning inside the house. Now we have to see because it's really switching from scenarios. Because the first one I explained to you was talking about where you're lighting in your own. And this one is talking about where you went into his property and you burnt in his property. So let's see the Gemara. I'm Rav Kahana. So Rav Kahana says an important point of view. The only Rav Kahana is where you're lighting in your own domain. And it spread to his domain. To the Behuda the Behuda says, you of chayav, aniske, uh, aniske, you for hidden things, ba'esh. Rabban and Patri, and they said, you patri because of the posseg for social ba'esh. But if you trespassed and you lit, you were in his domain, illegally, you lit a fire. So then, to then you're high for everything that is contained within the stack, even according to the him, everything. So Amalei Rav Rav said the problem with that is the Mishnah then the breakdown of the Mishnah is not so clear. Why? Because Iachi, if so, Adatani Sefa, why in the end of the Mishnah did it switch to burning a house? It once it's told you con- contrast, when I burn in my own Rashus, we have machlokus. When I put a fire in a person's reshos, I'm chai of then you could have made the distinction in the case of the stack. What do you have to switch to the case of the house for? You could have said like this. Out of time, he said instead of teaching in the sefer. the where you burnt the the house. everything <speaking> inside the house. because people hide things in the house. Live like when this Make the distinction within the first case in the ratio <speaking> in <Hebrew> Where is there? <speaking in Hebrew> only when I lit in, uh, when I made the fire in my rishus and then it spread. To to yours, then that's a machlokas for Tomun, i madly but so but when I light in my friend's field, so then that's what it should have said. What do you have to jump to the case of the house? Ella Amarova, we don't agree with Rav Kahana. Says Rav Kahana, I don't agree with you. Is that the There's actually two machlokas in going on here at the same time. What are the two machlokas in? One is That's the first case, as we said, is that That's one machlokus. But there's a second machlokus going on here. What happens if you do light? a fire in your friend's property, and it spreads and it burns down his haystack. There's a second machlokus there. Rabbi Yehuda says, you're chai for everything inside. Culture can, you chai for everything inside. When when I did it in my property, I'm chai for everything inside the haystack. So for sure, when I burnt it in yours, I'm chai for everything inside. For Abanen Savri, it says, Depends. If it's something that normally would be hidden in the haystack, you'd be high. Meaning, people keep farm equipment in a haystack. People don't keep their wallets there. So therefore, if you burnt down in a person's property, you would trespass and you burnt, and a fire burnt down the haystack, you caused a fire that burnt down the haystack, and it burnt farm equipment, you'll be high for that, because there's no tur of tomon. But if it burns something that's not expected to be there then you'll be then you'll be potter on that that's the second machlokus of here those which things are normally hidden in there. like for example by uh, God in a haystack you go in my are boards that are used the yoke of, of uh, farming the animal with, with the plowing of the animals <laughs> the clay, uh, no, those are used through um, uh, threshing and those things are used so the yoke to, to plow with the animal farm equipment those things that you don't normally put in there. Lo mishalim, you would not normally pay. Now we can understand why the Mishnah switches to the case of the house. Because in the case of the house, you don't have to make any distinctions. Because everything is kept in the house. It says, in a house, well, you went into his rishos and burned the house, you're high for everything in there. The Chacham will agree because there's things, there's, not, there's things that are not normally not kept in a house. But if you wanted to keep it in the same in the case of the haystack, then you would have to make this distinction. Well, it depends. Some things yes, some things not. So make it easier. They jump to the case of the house because that shows that Chacham agree as long as it's something that's normal to be there and you're not doing it in your own rishos, you're doing it in his rishos, then you'll be chai. From there we can understand but it's something that's not normal to be found there. For example, a wallet. In a haystack, the chachamim would uh, disagree with that as well. Okay, John, we'll stop we over here. Both cases.